Productions. Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Supplemental Episode 31. Hi, friends. Ah, boy, that was a season of Voyager, wasn't it, Matt? It sure was, Al. Boy, howdy. Yeah. A whole season of Voyager. We, we as we record this, we literally just five minutes ago hit stop on uh, the last pairing of episodes of season six. For you, that was a week ago. For us, it was five minutes For ago. us, the wound is still fresh and bleeding. Yeah. And but I mean, really, would you would you not say in in retrospect, season six of Voyager is maybe one of the worst seasons like we we proclaimed. What was it? Four or five of Voyager. Mm-hmm. One of the worst. This might be worse. Yeah. No, we had a good one in there. So was season five. Oh, we had some good ones. Yeah. But goddamn season six fucking the, the season that gave us Unimatrix Zero and Fairhaven. The and, Unimatrix and, Zero for the losers who live on Voyager. <laughs> Fairhaven and then uh, Spirit Folk. Uh, evil Fairhaven. Like two Fairs Haven. Ugh. Let's see. Let's see. Going back through the list here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Barge of the Dead. I'm, I'm only reading off the shitty ones. Like there Barge were some of the Dead, the last Balan episode. The last Ronald D. Moore episode. Even he was just like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing here anymore. Before he threw down his script and said, fuck this, I'm going to go make Battlestar Galactica. So long, idiots. I'm going to show you all up. And he did. For a while, anyway. Yep. Uh, Let's see. Oh, uh, Tom fucks a shuttle. Oh, sure. Fuck, I forgot about Tom fucks a shuttle. That's a rough one, too. God damn. No, we're going because, you know, we do these in like three month blocks. It takes about three months to get through a season. So, yeah, you've probably forgotten some of these now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dragon's Teeth. Oh, what was Dragon's Teeth about? That was a planet full of mullity rebels where they were trying to, like, uh, help them with their, their, um. Oh, uh, fuck. Their war. war or whatever. Their fucking war. Then they were, they had, they were built. uh, Fuck it. Whatever. That thing sucked ass. Yeah. Uh, Of course, Fairhaven. Uh-huh. Um, We're like unfair oh, uh, haven, am I right? <laughs> yes, Lisa. Yes, Lisa. <laughs> like unfair. Come on, Matt. I knew that you didn't have to help me out there. You can cut my part out. <laughs> okay. I usually do. <laughs> um, of course, uh, oh, uh, we had Virtuoso, which was the doctor singing uh, and wanting to leave and uh-huh. become a singing star. Yes, he was a celebrity. Uh, we had that episode where Chakotay, Tom, Harry, and Neelix get uh, PTSD from a war they'd never fought in. Oh, God. Yeah, that one's That episode, good. I believe Bob liked that one. We did not. This episode is um, like oh, is like staring into the Ark of the Covenant. Yep. Um, Let's see. Uh, of course, Spirit Folk. Mm-hmm. The um, inevitable sequel to Fairhaven. Yep. Um, inevitable well, that was good that was we had a, like the middle was good because uh, i'm looking like there's there's like there's like four or five good episodes right in the middle here mm-hmm. and then it gets shitty again uh because sunkatsu was pretty good and uh ashes to ashes where that dead chick came back that was more no, yeah, good was, than bad that was pretty good yeah um uh the board kids were good at first before they weren't <laughs> uh they they're the uh voyager version of lower decks good shepherd that was pretty yeah, good that was pretty okay but then we get back into Live Fast and Prosper, Muse, oh, God. Uh, Kess is an Angry Witch. 
And then the final pair that we just, like I say, just now covered, The Haunting of Deck 12 and Unimatrix Zero Part. The more I so, think about yeah, Kess yeah. as an angry witch, the more I wish that she was literally just wearing a pointy hat for that entire episode. <laughs> Had like a big now, she crooked like, nose. She looked like the 90s version of a witch. She's wearing sort of a, like, tailored for a woman, but very much like the Matrix coat. She, she, she literally, she looks like someone who Willow should have trained under. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Like, yes, but, come but up dark to my Willow. cottage and I'll teach you the ways of witchcraft. Oh, good. I can cook you a candy cottage. Hey, get, get out of here. Shut up. Get, don't make me chase you away with my broom. So, yeah, there was, you know, four or five good episodes and about 10 or 12 bad ones. So mm. the overall bad season, bad yep. Voyager, bad Star Trek. Where's my rolled up Just, newspaper? Yeah. And my squeaky rolled up newspaper. No, it has to. <laughs> it has, the Neelix has it in his teeth. You don't want it back. Oh, God. Drop it. You know how certain dog things after they chew on them and slobber on them is like, no, that's that's his now. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> anything uh, Neelix I, anything Neelix gets in his mouth is like that. That's a bone I'm never gonna touch again. Yeah, that rawhide, I'm not gonna throw it. You're just gonna have to find it yourself because I'm not touching that. Paisley, what did you do to this thing? Good lord. <laughs> Those were my headphones. Brief return of of my dog Paisley. <laughs> that used to back appear to the- quite frequently on this show. Well, no, no, it led to your not appearing on this show. That's true. <laughs> your, your giant dog who literally would consume your headsets. Yep. So that you couldn't appear on the show. <laughs> we got to reschedule. I got to go buy another, I got buy another headset. Son of a bitch, And at first Matt. I'm like, why are you making excuses? We're early enough on that you could just say, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Amanda, who still lived up there at that point, she's like, no, I've been over there. He's right. He didn't make that up. He ate the, my, that dog ate the headphones and our rock band drum kit. Yeah pretty terrible and and some discs as i recall yep i seem to recall giving you some some dvds of something and you couldn't watch them because your dog ate them my dog ate them it also ate my entire ate my entire copy of uh dr doom dr strange triumph and torment <laughs> wow pretty pissed about that one can't get that, that thing a, anymore that, that on the other hand that dog is has more geek cred in his lower intestine than uh well i mean whatever's whatever's left in there yes <laughs> Right, exactly. That dog shit has some pretty solid geek cred. <laughs> uh, this shit was drawn by Mike Mignola. That's very impressive. Wow. Yeah. And it's got a USB cord in it. <laughs> I think I might need to take you to the vet. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's uh, let's crack into the mail, shall the we? The old mail bag. The old bag of mail. Mm-hmm. So this first one is from Adain, who uh, this has been a running saga now. I think this is the third uh, chapter in the saga of Adain, who designed the Neelix needlepoint thing. Oh, sure. I say I say needlepoint, and every time I know I'm saying the wrong thing. It's, it's cross stitch, embroidery, cross stitch. Yeah, one of those things. It was a, it was a sewing pattern mm. of some sort, uh, and this is a reference to the last time uh, you saying, uh, "Yeah, my my wife could sew this." And Adain says, hi, Matt, this email is just for you. Please, I beg of you, do not ask your wife to knit this Neelix pattern for you in any form. I do not want to be indirectly responsible for the end of your marriage. I would feel very guilty, and I just don't need that right now. Uh, that's fine. In- She's working on a scarf right now. In fact, I would go so far as to say that the end of your marriage would be the best case scenario should your wife attempt to undertake uh, a knitting project using this design. I really don't want to have to listen to an episode where Al explains how Pa will no longer be a thing because your wife murdered you with a pair of knitting needles. <laughs> I can take the risk because I live by myself, and when I get so frustrated with the project that the urge to kill starts to rise, there is no one around me who is in immediate danger. Please, for both of our sakes, don't do it. It's not worth the risk. Well, let me tell you right now, uh, there is no risk whatsoever of the show ending because I've been murdered by a pair of knitting needles. Al has like three replacement guests. 
Uh, yeah, it would be a rotating thing. There's no person who, one single person who could replace you. It would have to at, be sort of like... At best, Flunk there would be, be a week off of mourning and then Flunk would take over. Yeah. But it would be like Flunk one week and Bob the next week and Amanda. Like, I'd probably just mm-hmm. keep rotating the regulars. Like, you know, you were you were the only person who could be a permanent co-host is yes. the thing. Whereas if Al was killed by a pair of knitting needles, you would never even hear about it because I don't know how to edit. <laughs> Amanda does. Yes. So, uh... You know, I, I believe it or not, the the will, it's not exactly a will, but the document that I've drawn up that uh, if I die, do these things, mm-hmm. which is horrible and morbid, but a thing you probably should do, um, uh, does say, uh, please end all of my shows. If you want to keep Pa going, go ahead. Oh, thanks. I, I In fact, it even, I think, says, you know, it's half your show, so it's really your decision. So. Oh. So there's that. Anyway, moving thanks, on. Thanks, Dead Al. <laughs> Hey, I ain't dead yet. If Voyager can't kill me, nothing can. <laughs> I can do one more season of this. Look, there's That's still the thing. there's still the waiting spiked pit of of uh, Enterprise. So the thing is, okay, I want to be clear about this. When we start, when Voyager started looming near the end of DS Nine, I did my cute little song and I tried to be the one who said, "Okay, I'm not gonna go in hating it, and I, I am not gonna go in hating Enterprise. I'm really not." But I pretty much know what we already have to expect. Like, I don't. My expectations are not high, but it could surprise me, and I'm not going to be that guy who refuses to acknowledge something good if it t- if it turns out being good. Like, mm-hmm. I absolutely will do that. But, yeah, my mind kind of already is made up, because it's not what I want from Star Trek, which is no. a show run by Brandon Braga. Mm-hmm. And you honestly, you never saw a bunch of it, did you? Like, you should be more open-minded than me, right? Yeah, I've, what I've seen looks so fucking boring. The entire crew is so utterly unmemorable. Like, I can, like, even though I don't, even if I didn't watch, you know, like, I didn't watch Voyager at first, but I could still name everyone on that show. I didn't watch uh, DS9 at first, but I could still name everyone on that show. I can't name anybody on, I I know Archer, and that's because yeah. I confuse him with the character Archer, who I like better. Well, yeah. I, um, I, I remember the dog, and I've said this many times, and I'll point it out again when we get there, mm-hmm. that, uh, that, that adorable little beagle that he had led to me adopting a beagle mm-hmm. back in the day. And, uh, you know, so that was cute. The I'm pretty sure that Beagle's name is Dennis. No, it's Porthos. It's got a cool, like, uh, Greeky name. No, that was close. Yeah, it's basically. I think that's Greek for Dennis. I think you're, yeah. you got it. So, yeah. Uh, this one comes from Rob. Hello, friends. Hello. I'm still thoroughly enjoying the show, and I'm glad that Voyager has been not quite, but almost as bad as you feared. While it's very entertaining to hear you rant about some truly dire episodes, it's good that there are some pieces of sweet corn buried in the turds. <laughs> I recently started my own marathon watch, thanks to the entire franchise being put up on Netflix UK. And because I'm slightly anal, it means I'm doing it in chronological order, so I'm starting with Enterprise. Don't panic. I'm not going to wibble on about how much it improves over the years. All I will say is starting with it does show does the show favor by it not having the entire weight of the franchise bearing down on it, but it's still very much middle of the road. Uh, also, while it's saddened and surprised me to see the golden anniversary pass with such little fanfare, especially after the multimedia extravaganza of a certain other long-running sci-fi franchise a few years ago, mm-hmm. at least the flag has been flown on this side of the pond. I've attached some pictures of the Star Trek 50th Illuminations from Blackpool's Golden Mile. Apologies for the poor quality. Keep up the work. Good work, guys. Rob. Uh, and these are actually good pictures, and I will certainly, like, uh, we always do show notes for mm-hmm. the... Uh, supplementals uh post you, you look at the entry for this episode and we'll have links to all the the various visual stuff and uh some some cool pictures of just it appears to be like a bus stop and next to it like a bunch of like star trek stuff which is mm. very cool looking 
uh, and like a storefront or it's like a billboard of um, of of Star Trek guys. And uh, yeah, it looks cool. Yeah. So uh, good, good on you, the UK. There was fuck all here. Nice. It's nice. Someone did something. Yeah. Certainly, I, Paramount I mean, couldn't get, couldn't even couldn't be arsed. We got that third movie, which was pretty good, and mm-hmm. that that's it. Like, and I I guess the oral history book, which I don't even think was an official, like Paramount CBS thing. I think no, I could be wrong. I I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, the the whole thing. And I, we've said this before, and this this listener said this too. Is like Doctor Who made such a big deal out of its legacy. Oh yeah, and, like. They, they did a not only did they do a special where all the people who were willing to come back came back. They also did like a, a little short that had the uh, the, the much uh, disregarded eighth doctor in it. So he got mm-hmm. a little adventure to himself. They did a whole uh, other little thing with all the surviving older doctors getting together. I don't know if you'd seen that one, Matt, but that's yeah, yeah, no, I saw that one. It was good where the, all the old man actors are trying to break into the set and be in the new thing. Yep. Like they they just they they they're proud of the legacy of that thing. Like for good or ill, they're mm-hmm. they're proud that it's been around for so long, and they wanted to get everyone involved. And I, I mean, unfortunately, Chris Eccleston didn't show up, but pretty much everyone else did. Yeah, and they made such a big deal out of it. They put out like audio dramas and books and all this stuff. And Star Trek put out a movie that was coming out anyway. Yeah, no, Paramount f- seemed to feel like it just like this is a cash cow that we should probably like stop milking. Yeah, basically, it's like for whatever. Reason, I I did read, and I don't know if this is true, but I did read somewhere that they deliberately didn't put out Discovery the same year as the movie because they thought people would be confused. Yeah, well, if, if there's one thing I know about Paramount, it's that they th- thinks that we're fucking stupid. I guess. I don't I Because, like, I mean, there was a point where next-gen movies were coming out at the same time as DS9 and Voyager were both mm-hmm. on the air, and we were all fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Nobody Star Wars problems. is putting out, like, a fucking regular movie and then, like, a non-regular movie every fucking year, so... Yeah, between between the uh, the you know the official episode ones and then the 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 one off ones, yeah, mm-hmm. one a year. Plus, there's a TV series. Yeah, quite good, by the way. I don't know if we've, we've ever talked about that, but Star Wars Rebels is quite good. Yeah, I need to watch it. I, I wanted to finish uh, Clone Wars first. Clone Wars, uh, it had its moments, but it really at toward the end there, it kind of lost me. But there, Rebels there, has been there's solid a list floating along. around of episodes of Clone Wars you should watch. Yeah. That might be that might Which be worth is it. Sort of what I want. I basically just want to see what uh, uh, what the fuck's her name? Ahsoka. Ahsoka's up to. Uh she appears in Rebels. That's why. Not only that, but uh, she and Darth Vader fight. <sighs> Which is not really a spoiler. That in and of itself, like I'm not going to tell you what happens or how it turns out or anything like that. Like just that <sighs> she gets to to reface Anakin as Vader. That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty fucking great. And, and there's there's a lot of great stuff in there. Like there's a lot of new things. It's it's not all like, hey, remember this cool thing from before. There's a lot of world building going forward too. And uh, the other problem is that Rebels isn't on Netflix yet. Ah, yeah, that would be it. Uh, let's see. This one comes from Danny and says, "Hey guys, hello. Tom and Bellana get married in Drive, season seven, episode three. So that's coming very soon." Uh, it also features Tom fixing a Delta flyer and Harry Kim falls in love and it all ties together into a wacky races homage. All right. Okay. Didn't see that coming, but all right. Uh, season six and seven brings back a lot of familiar characters and races with Barkley as a recurring guest character right up to the series finale. Oh, good. So we got a lot more Barkley to look forward good, to. Good, good, good. I was worried that we wouldn't see any more of him. Uh, and he's more in it more than he was in next gen. 
Also, Kess and Seska are seen again. Well, we've already seen Kess again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Seska, well God damn it, didn't she die? I liked Seska. But uh, yeah, she's, she's, well, I liked Seska at the beginning. I feel yeah, like I remember. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. I liked I a lot her. of people at the beginning. Yeah, that's true. I liked Kess up until that final appearance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, Danny says, as well as Q and the Herogen and Klingons and Mortalaxians. I think we've seen some of that already because this was written early season six. Sure. Yeah, we got we got some fun stuff to look forward to. Uh, here's another one about uh, why you might like Enterprise, even though it's shit. <laughs> I'm kind of kind of tired of these, honestly, but uh, I, I will read this. Uh, this is from Alice. Uh, dear Hi, Alice. I think one of the reasons people hate Enterprise is because it's a big thematic departure from other Trek series. That's fair. Star Trek fans tuned in to watch Star Trek, so it makes sense they got pissed off when instead they got a soap opera in space, and it was perfectly reasonable for them to voice that anger and then tune out. You, however, don't have the option to tune out, not if you want to live up to your promise to review all of Star Trek anyway, so you may as well make the best of a shitty situation. Well, that that much is true. Al, you once said that you enjoyed Downton Abbey as a melodrama. Well, Enterprise is nothing if not melodramatic. Yes, Enterprise is terrible Star Trek, but it's the best damn soap opera I've seen. Also, it does one thing that no other Trek series has accomplished, a rape episode that actually handles the subject matter well. Uh, We'll we'll be the judges of that, but uh, all right. Uh, The episode is imperfect, but it's the only time Star Trek has addressed sexual assault without missing the point entirely. Also, I'm almost through the series, and I've yet to see a single dude try to mansplain childbirth to a woman while she's in labor, so there's that. Yours in Banjo. That's a plus. Oh, Alice is the one that writes in and talks about uh, childbirth from time to time. Yes, yeah. We'll see. The thing is, I do like a good cheesy melodrama. From what I saw of Enterprise, I don't think it's that. I could be wrong. Yeah, no, from what I've seen, it's the way it plays itself completely straight all the time. Yeah. That's one of the boring things about it. I found most of the characters kind of bland and interchangeable. And uh, I didn't like their retconning of the Vulcans as all being jerks, mm-hmm. like as as a rule, as a race, yeah. not individual Vulcans being jerks, but uh, like the whole species looking down at humanity. Like that I shit like about that. how we smell is really fucking fucking shitty. That's one thing I do know about Enterprise. Uh, that that doesn't bother me. It's like but, a running uh, joke through the series or whatever, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, as I recall, yes, I, that that didn't bother me so much. But the overall like we have technology we're not going to let you have. And we're like your parent, like you're, we're, we're going to like, we're going to keep scaling you back because we don't think you're throttling you back because we don't think you deserve, you know, like, come on. I always felt like maybe the Vulcans were more advanced, but they were our allies. They were our earliest, closest allies. And Mm. that's not how the show portrays that. And I don't care for that. I also, as I recall, they just sort of dropped the Klingons in as like, Oh, here's a Klingon in a cornfield, whatever. Mm-hmm. Which I I didn't love, but yeah, we'll, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, let's see. This one comes from Deke, and Deke says, hey, Deke. "Greetings from greetings from Austria." Uh, hmm. It says Austria, but then he signs it "Shrimp on the Barbie." Good day, mates. So I, I'm not. I, it's also Deke. So, are you calling Deke? us from Australia? Deke and and we go way back, like to mm-hmm. the earliest days of our other podcast. Deke has been writing to us and uh, since before your sunburn hot in space. <laughs> he says, I know you guys forget this stuff, but it, this is in response to the power where you covered the episode about Paris wanting to fuck his shuttle and the one about Neelix wanting to make Tuvok a party dude or some shit. You're lucky. We just remembered that episode. Oh, I forgot about Neelix wanting to make like when when Tuvok got amnesia and Neelix mm-hmm. tried to oh, turn him God. into Neelix. Oh, terrible. Yeah. 
Anyway, speaking of dumb shit, you said you wanted to see Neelix carrying a large cake down a flight of stairs. So here you go. Sorry I did a terrible job, but fuck Neelix, that's why. <laughs> and it is a and again, this will go in the show notes. This is a Photoshop of Neelix carrying a, a giant, like several tiered wedding cake. Um what I specifically you, had pictured was the um the the old bit from Sesame Street. Uh-huh. Where they would count to a certain number between I think one and ten or one and ten. Ten banana cream pies. Yep. And then he would fall down the stairs and drop them all every yeah. single time. Yeah. Still funny to me. Funny when I was two years old. Funny when I'm 42. Just funny. Some things don't change. People falling and, and cakes getting ruined. Just hilarious. <laughs> uh, next one comes from Barkeron. And it says, Abaddon referred to the underworld, similar to Sheol, hell in Hebrew. Uh, to an angel of destruction in Greek and consequently became a popular name for monsters of all sorts. I think we talked about that being like a a name that came up a lot in a lot yeah, of Yeah, no, I, I, I remember that. I know that's a reference to, I knew that was a reference to something or other. Yeah. Because it's the name uh, of, a bad, of a bad guy in Warhammer 40,000 that I remember. So I know Oh, right. I remember of, you're going down the weird rabbit hole of you being into Warhammer. Uh, yeah, that was uh, maybe three years when I was in high school. Yeah, and, you know, this isn't a judgment. It's mostly me saying I never knew what the fuck Warhammer was, but then I would see stores devoted to it in the mall. So yep. obviously somebody liked it. I just, also, Al, you it was, are completely right to judge me about this. No, I don't judge you for that. I, I, if it's a thing I know and know to be stupid, I will judge you. But I, I have no reference point here, so I don't judge. Well, let me provide that reference point right now <laughs> just by saying you, you're not you are correct. OK, and you're That's not fair. in your judgity, judgity. I mean. It, a lot of the, the like, shitty 90s X-Men comics you like, I judge you for that. That's fair. But uh, not, you know, Warhammer I know nothing about. So, I, like I say, it was just, it's one of those things where, like, really? There's a whole subculture of this, huh? I have never heard of and this. And enough to support a store. Yeah, there's no store in the mall for D&D, which is, a, a like, a nerd thing I do know about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there's a nerd store for Warhammer, which I've never heard of in my life. Yep. Just very strange. Uh, Barkeron goes on to say that a minor side character had that name is just bad writing. Reminds me of bad fantasy novels or fanfic when widely known mythological names are given out to characters at random. Yep. You are correct, well. sir. You mean uh, you mean Voyager indulges in bad writing from time to time? Huh. You don't, you don't say. Hmm. Honestly, I think more lazy writing. Yeah. Like, they do know how to put a story together. Now, at this point, they're kind of predictable formulaic stories, but... It's not bad in the sense of like some of those MST movies where you're like, what the fuck were they trying to do here? Mm-hmm. Like it's competent. It's just lazy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like there's a, there's a difference to me. Uh, this one comes from Ben and Ben says, wow. How about when the doctor just shares Barkley's medical history with the entire Voyager crew? I guess doctor patient confidentiality doesn't exist in the future. I mean, in what his defense, hell, I doubt he took the hypocrite, the hypocrite every time. Hippocratic. Hippocratic. Jesus uh-huh. Christ. <laughs> well, because the word hypocrite is so similar, you like your your mind your your tongue wants to go to hypocrite. I guess. Also, I definitely say hypocrite more than I say Hippocratic. Yeah, that's fair. No, but the thing is, and then Ben writes in again about the very next episode. How about in the very next episode when the doctor defends doctor patient confidentiality in the first uh, three minutes? The writers sure. can't even be consistent within the span of two episodes. Then again, maybe the confidentiality of holo characters is just more important to the doctor than actual members of Starfleet. Makes sense to me. Also, now, who, my heart. Also, who gives a shit about Barkley? Well, I, I, we called this out at the time. Him just 
revealing details yep. about Barclay's personal life is it's shitty. And he has taken the Hippocratic Oath because he said on a number of occasions, like that's the base part of his programming. That's mm-hmm. his like, you know, the three directives RoboCop has. That's the one directive the doctor has, you know, like first do no harm. That's a thing. But S- second, anyway. obey the company. <laughs> yeah. Third, classified. Third, uh, don't kill Miguel Ferrera. We like him. Uh, he's dead now, unfortunately. Yeah, no. He was great, though. <sighs> Especially as Albert in Twin Peaks. Oh, man. Yeah, so good. The worst part there is that means he won't be in New Twin Peaks, which makes no, me No, see, sad. that's wrong. That is that is incorrect. Really? I'm not, I don't know. I don't have confirmation that he is in it, but I do know that it was all shot before he died. Okay, good. Well, so if he was supposed to be, if he was supposed to be in it, they should have gotten him. Like uh, Bowie was supposed to come back for New yeah. Twin Peaks. Yeah, that 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 happened unfortunately too soon. But I think yeah. um, they because I remember hearing when they wrapped shooting for that, mm-hmm. and then a month or two later, Miguel Ferrer died. And, yeah. uh, so if he's supposed to be in it, then he is in it. So mm-hmm. I hope he is because uh, one of the best parts of that show. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, ben goes on to say, Matt and Al, my heart goes out to you too for putting up with this shit week after week. Thanks for subjecting yourselves to this disjointed drivel for our amusement. We do appreciate it, yes, and, and we you. appreciate people pointing out that like. Our our efforts, such as they are, are not, don't go like some weeks. I'm just like, oh, why are we doing this? And just hearing people say, because we're listening and enjoying it. Yeah. OK, that's why it that's makes good getting enough. out of bed on Saturday morning a little easier. The thing is that I don't dread. Like maybe you do. I don't know. But like the the initial viewing on my own mm-hmm. is the part that I dread G- getting together with you and, and mocking it. That's fun. But it is definitely to, when I'm when I'm at work on a Wednesday. And I'm like, oh fuck, I gotta watch Voyager tonight. That's why oh. I always get out of the way as soon as we're do- like like this week. I don't have to, mm-hmm. but uh, typically as soon as we wrap and I edit the episode, I'm like, I I get those two out of the way just to get it done. And yeah, sometimes Amanda will sit with me. Sometimes she absolutely will not. But uh, hey, Mandy, you want to watch Unimatrix Zero? I do not. Yeah, at all. No, she was she was yelling at that one just as much as I was. Ah. Made no sense, Matt. No. No, it didn't. Yeah. Uh, Shut up, comes... Unimatrix Zero. I'm still bitter about you. Oh, we're only halfway through that. We still have Unimatrix Zero Part 2. God fucking damn it. Yeah. And and uh, as Flonk pointed out, uh, Part 2, which is what Star Trek always does well. <laughs> it's like we were made to suffer. It's our lot in life. Beep, 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 beep. Excellent, good. Uh, this this one comes from Nathaniel, not not our friend Nathaniel, different Nathaniel. Mm-hmm. Uh, congratulations, Post Atomic Horror, on your 300th podcast, not including supplementals. I enjoy listening to your weekly uploads. I regret that I didn't start following you sooner. I also regret that I haven't seen one of those comically edited video pictures in some time. Why did you stop making those? Ah, these would be our uh, uh, along with the supplementals for the first three seasons of uh, the original series. Well, all of the original series, and I want to say the first season or two of Next Gen. We did video. Oh, the summary. puppet shows. No, not, I mean, we put puppets in them at one point, uh-huh. but mostly they were just quick one sentence recaps of the entire season right. with, with video. And the reason is it takes a full day or more to edit mm-hmm. uh, and the YouTube hits were negligible. Yeah. I, like, I hate to say that, but we're talking like of people, half a dozen, like nah, they were, they were about a hundred. But when I do a dumb episode of a uh, dumb review of G.I. Joe and that gets 500. Yeah. Like, uh, okay. Well. Clearly, that's what people want to see, and that takes no time at all. Mm-hmm. So, that's why. I mean, I get, like, this is not me brag. This is not a humble brag. This is just me comparing. 
when I review a dumb Hasbro cartoon, I, I like over time I accumulate in in the four figures in thousands of, of views, which is not it's not like YouTube celebrity nice, but it's like okay, this is worth doing nice. Whereas the uh, Star Trek summers, I think, still haven't gone into triple digits. So yeah, you know, not really. Just for the work amount and for the for the amount of work involved, and we would get together to write brand new like material for it. Mm-hmm. So it would take us hours to write it. Then it would take me more hours to edit it. And nobody was watching it. So that, that that's why. Yeah. Also getting Sorry. the puppet stuff in tended to be really difficult too. When I th- that. Yeah, that was, I mean, I've, I think we've gotten better at that only because now here uh, uh, at the house I live in now, we have like an actual little studio where we can shoot some stuff. But I yeah. just remember times when I couldn't actually get down there. And so I had to record on my end. You had to record on your end. There had to be like a sheet up to cover my bat, my basement. And right, just, right, right. It was no, just that was, the twoest of to dos. No, it was it was a it was a kind of a pain in the ass. But uh, I'm not, I'm not saying we'll never do that kind of thing again. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying like that that's the reason we didn't do that specific. Also, along similar lines, that is also why we never did a, a third uh, episode guide for mm-hmm. DS9. Like a, a fair amount of people have bought our episode guides, and this isn't me saying oh boo hoo nobody bought our books. A lot of people bought our books, but only about enough to cover the cost of printing. Mm-hmm. And uh, which I'm, I'm happy about. I'm I'm very pleased that we were able to at least do it basically and break even. Mm-hmm. But uh, that that's about it. Like we don't we don't sell a ton of those. Um, and it just again, it's it's not we're sad because we didn't sell them. It's more measuring the effort versus the payoff. That's mm-hmm. all. It's it's not like I'm I'm you know oh boo hoo nobody read our books. No, a lot of people read our books, and I'm happy we did them, and I'm proud mm-hmm. of the work we did. It's just the amount of work involved and the amount of money involved doesn't really like it, it is, it, you know, it doesn't add up. That's all. Sure. That said, if you go to postdomicora.com, there is a link to the store. We do still, they're still in print or we have, uh, electronic versions as well. Mm-hmm. We wrote, uh, episode guides for the original series and next gen. Um, and it's all new material, not stuff you heard on the podcast, brand new stuff and, uh, beautiful cover art illustrations by, uh, Marvel comics own Ramon Villalobos. Mm-hmm. Um, just, they're good. We're, you know, we're proud of the work we did. Absolutely. If you want to check them out, they're, they're affordable. Yeah. Uh, should check them out. Yeah. Check them out. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to yell at them, but if you want to. I did. If you want to do a good cop, bad cop thing, that's fine. Listen, you. That's all I got. I can't, I can't control him, guys. You better play the episode, guys. (laughs) I might tell you to listen again. Listen. Do you want lunch? Oh, oh, sorry, guys. I can't. I can't make him stop telling you to listen. Listen. Ooh. Uh, this one also they, comes from why Barker Ron. Why don't they listen? Why don't they look? <laughs> why don't they look? <laughs> uh, this one also comes from Barker Ron. Uh, Al, the episode you vaguely remember was in fact from a show called Early Edition, in which a magical cat delivers tomorrow's newspaper to the protagonist. Wikipedia informs me it had one episode with a joke ending where they added Rod Serling's Twilight Zone narration. And that's why I love this podcast. I hadn't thought about this program in years. Well, I'm, I'm glad I was able to make you remember that, but I, I've never heard of or seen that show. So, no, that is not what I was thinking. Magical of. cat, huh? Uh, I mean, I might have watched it. I don't know. But I was never aware of it. So <clears throat> This one comes from Charles, and it says, Your complaints about Chakotay are largely that he doesn't do anything seem to care about what's happening, and is characterized wildly inconsistently. That is correct. My personal headcanon reconciles this perfectly. You see, I think that old Chuck is wandering around Voyager stoned all the time. 
Everything weird he does starts to make sense when you consider that. Okay, you know what? That actually makes a lot of sense, and that guy totally gets high. I'm reluctant. There's a part of me that thinks it's a little bit racist to imply that the Native American is smoking peace pipe. Oh, no, I don't. Yeah. No, no, listen. Yeah, that's why I'm hesitant. Otherwise, absolutely, that's hilarious. But I mean, like, that guy is, like, that guy has the background. That guy is uh, just about the right age. Well, he's a he was a college professor, mm-hmm. and he was the cool college professor that the students could relate to. <laughs> They've said that a couple of times. That well, he was the instructor. Think, what? <laughs> but, you know, there's always that one college professor who's mm-hmm. maybe sleeping with his students or at the very least partying with his students. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, he's he, yeah, probably. Yeah, no, I'll take that. Also, yeah. I'd like to believe that by Voyager, you can go up to the replicator and just be all like, uh, computer, dank kush. I mean, you and I can both do that now in the respective states we live in. You just yeah. go to the weed store. Mm-hmm. I, I actually, believe it or not, there's a, a little sidetrack here. Mm-hmm. Uh, at age 42, never once in my life have I even so much as, as as tried like a single puff on a joint. I just, it never appealed to me. But I'm having some trouble sleeping. I, I talked to a medical professional. I said, hey, this stuff's legal. Could I just go down to the pot store and try it? And maybe maybe it would help me sleep. And he, he, didn't, he didn't prescribe it. But he said, yeah, you could try that. You have to do this and this and this. But yeah, give it a try. And I did. And, and got high for the first time. I didn't care for it. Mm-hmm. Wasn't wasn't pleasant for me, and it didn't help me sleep. So, uh, yeah, no thanks. Fair enough. But I know a lot of people do enjoy it, so uh, I'm I'm glad that I can go down to and and the place is called Emerald Haze, which I think is amazing. That's yeah, yeah. Went down to Emerald Haze and uh, picked up a little tincture, <laughs> which I is what it is. A, you literally bought a tincture. Yeah, they they didn't have any salves or you know uh, what, a what's, poultice. What's another? Yeah, thank you. But they did have a tincture, so that was fun. <laughs> uh, this one comes from Tom, and he says, Friend Al, this morning, when my phone's get-the-fuck-out-of-bed alarm went off, mm-hmm. I hit play to make it snooze, and the new episode of Pa 302 resumed. Somehow, it was right at the point when you were commenting on Seven's answer to how she deals with having been a Borg, who took part in the killing, or assimilating millions of people. It may embarrass the shit out of you with a direct quote. Uh, Al, Honestly, her answer is very similar to the way I try to deal with mental illness, which is because you have to, because you have these voices screaming in your head, but what are you going to do? Lie down and wait for death or get up and move. Matt, there's work to be done. Al. Yeah, exactly. That's very much in line with how I look at that kind of thing. It's like, yes, it is horrible, but you know what? Get up and move because what is the alternative? Mm -hmm. So, Al, for the first time in months, I felt motivated to rise and assimilate the day. In fact, I wrote this while riding the bus to work, feeling pretty good about getting there on time-ish. Even though you could never have known that all this would happen, I wanted to thank you anyway. I hope this retroactively adds a bright point to the task of enduring an episode of Voyager. Thanks. Well, thanks. Actually, he says, thanks, Algar. Thalgar. <laughs> I will be completely honest with you. The first time I read this, I teared up a little. Aww. Like, just the fact that this anything we say has a positive Means impact anything. on people. Yeah. Especially, we have taken pains not to talk about the current political situation because I feel like the show should mostly be an escape from that. But mm-hmm. in, in broad terms, a lot of us are not particularly happy with a lot of things. So anytime y- y- you don't say that, that I just, I don't want to say that name. I don't really want to get into a lot of that. I feel like yeah. the show should just, uh, we should talk about Star Trek mostly, you know, mm-hmm. and, and occasionally, uh, Warhammer 40k, I guess. Sure. But, uh, no, I like 
right now in the last few months, I feel like anytime something, anytime I see an example of someone helping someone, of someone mm-hmm. doing a nice thing, it, it gets to me a little more than it usually would. That's it's all I, just, I'm, I, I, I walk around every day feeling like I've been in a fight, like yeah, for the past two months, and just any anytime someone is doing anything that that just sort of takes that weight off for a couple of seconds is so yeah. good. You know, when you, know? you see basic human decency, yeah, and 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 further, when I see that something I said mm-hmm. actually helped someone, it just it got to me. It's like, yeah. oh man, really? That's nice. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm not going to get all muse on you and say, yeah, art can change the world. No, it can't. Also, this isn't art. It's a fucking podcast. But but all that said, yeah, you know, I'm I'm happy that that happened. Yeah. Uh, this one comes from John Wiggins, and it says, "Why don't you like moldy rebels? And why are they moldy?" Do we, lo- do do we not like moldy rebels? Pretty sure it's mullety. I mean, I know we don't like mullety rebels for. I, I see. That's the thing. I think you the way you just said it just then, mullety, is the way we say it, mm-hmm. which is it's kind of like it almost sounds like moldy. I can understand, like, a Mullity Rebel eventually having rebelled for so long that it becomes a Mullity Rebel, and I would not enjoy that in the way that I do not enjoy Mullity Bagels, but, uh... I don't enjoy Mullity most things, except, uh, except antibiotics, which are derived from mold. Yeah, no, that's pretty much the only one, you know. I like that penicillin, yep. but, uh, that's about it. Yeah. That, that sounded dirty. like to have some of that penicillin. Get me some of that p- sweet penicillin. Mm. Yep. Um, let's see. This one comes from Morgan. Hi, Morgan. Uh, guys. Hi. I just want to say that I'm really enjoying your podcast. I only recently started to listen after having exhausted the back catalog of engage and mission log. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what those are. Oh, you probably do. Engage and mission log. Yeah. They're two different podcasts. I, I assume no, I don't Star know Trek either podcast. Ah, fair enough. I tried to start with Voyager, but had to bail. No, that's make it so sorry. Ah, and backup starred with DS9, the best show, though my second favorite after TNG. Long story short, I am now up to sort of Kalis slash Arman Bashir slash Homefront slash Paradise Lost, and I had a couple of thoughts for you. First, if you haven't heard of it, check out the movie The Big Hit with Mark Wahlberg and Avery Brooks. In Arman Bashir, you guys mentioned wanting to see Avery play a real Bond villain. Well, I think this is the movie where he comes the closest that to me. Uh, if I had to pick a quote from it, it would be Avery saying slash yelling, bust some caps in that most <laughs> Avery of delivery. <laughs> Yeah, I would. I would like that too. Uh, th- that's the big hit. That's called. Uh, yes, the big hit oh, with Mark Wahlberg right, and Avery Brooks. <laughs> Write it in your copybook. Right. Uh, well, my we've phone, um. But... Quick, quick side note here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're we're doing a, and actually, by the time this comes out, we will have done a uh, live show at the Emerald City Comic Con. Unfortunately, Matt can't join us this year, but um. But he did write this particular bit that I'm talking about. This uh, this is a standard uh, uh, part of the Sarcastic Voyage lineup, which is Aaron Fawcett, which is like mm-hmm. a like a uh, Mysteries of the Unexplained, like a sort of an Art Bell type, uh, uh, you know, unsolved uh, conspiracies show, like late night radio show thing. Who's and, Art uh, Bell? That's that uh, coast to coast AM show that you say you've never heard of, but that I... Aaron is basically like a copy of. Yep, I believe that you never heard of it. I'm not I'm not accusing you of lying, but I'm saying like. It is very similar to it. It was a long-running show, a radio show, late-night radio show in the 90s about conspiracies and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It's very similar. Yeah. A lot of wackadoo. Anyway, the, the the thing we do is, like, 
and we've done a bunch of these now is uh, our voice actors get to go a little nuts and do particularly strange characters calling in and, and trying to rattle the host basically. And, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Nicole, one of our, our voice actors uh, is doing one of her characters as her Avery Brooks impression. Nice. And it is delightful. <laughs> there will be a recording of that. If you want to hear it, by the Good, way, I uh, would actually like to hear that. Yeah. Uh, the whole live show will be up probably by the time this posts or soon after on uh, sarcasticvoyage.com. So mm. check that out if you're interested. But uh, that's a tiny part at like near the end. It's not like I don't want to I don't want to paint it as the Avery Brooks show. No, it's, it's one little segment like one of the callers we came up with together. Nicole is playing as Avery Brooks <laughs> and his crazy jazz brain. <laughs> it's my crazy jazz brain. Do 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 bust some caps. <clears throat> uh, Morgan goes on to say second. On your discussion of Cisco's restaurant slash money, if you're not sick of discussing it, uh, if, if there's a new angle, I'm not sick of it, but I don't think Matt and I have much more to say on it. Uh, here's my take on the lack of money and crappy jobs in the Star Trek universe. In the Federation, there are plentiful resources, energy, manufacturing, capacity, automation, etc., uh, such that very few people are required to do crappy jobs. If the need for garbage men still existed, which it doesn't because of replicators and the ability to reabsorb plates, silverware, packaging food, then that job would be done with robots or through some other automated process. All the other jobs are truly done by people who want to and like them. The borderline cases are like busboys in Cisco's restaurant or the guys that work on Voyager's Deck 15 in Good Shepherd. So one of you pointed out during the discussion of Homefront, those are the low-level jobs you have to do to prove yourself and learn while doing to move up to the better jobs in your coveted location or field. Uh, You work busing tables for part of the day, so the rest of the day you can learn from a great chef how to prepare the best food. Nobody gets paid because they don't need to be, because they don't have expenses, because nobody has... Yeah, because nobody has to pay for anything. If people don't have to worry about making a living or providing for themselves or their family, they're more willing and able to work at those uh, activities that are most interesting and non-monetarily rewarding for them, even if some of the work is harder or more drudgery. I think this is true today as well in the Federation's hypothetical future. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah. It's it's sort of like a journeyman thing. Yeah. You start out as kind of an an apprentice and you work out. You you want a chef? Well, first you got to wait tables. Yeah. You got to learn how the the restaurant looks like. You should have anyway. Yeah. You learn how the restaurant works at this level Mm -hmm. so that when you're cooking, you understand like customers, what customers want and stuff like that. Like, yeah, that that totally makes sense. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Um, All right. These next few, this one comes from Daniel, or excuse me. Yeah, Daniel. Um, And these are, we've talked about these before, but I want to put them in the show notes and and sing their praises again. Uh, He took some Lego minifigures that he, I believe, customized himself of various Voyager scenarios and and, and created these little scenes of of extra fights from Sukhansei, which are fantastic. You, you know, saw these, right, these, Matt? These are fucking great. Yeah. Uh, Janeway versus the clown from The Thaw. Ah. Neelix versus the Vidian in a match to get his lungs back. Ah! And the main event is Harry Kim and the Kim Tones versus Armis in a battle of the bands. Yes. Which is so great. <laughs> what do you think Armis' band is called? This jazz trio. Oh, God, I don't know. Yeah, right? Uh, I, like... I'd have to think... I'd have to think about that for a minute. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm uh, Armus and the Uzets. <laughs> uh, skin of skin of rock. No, I. Oh I, man, I, I'm drawing a blank here. Skin, skin of jazz. Yeah, some some variation of you know skin of something probably. <laughs> skin of groove. I don't know. 
We'll have to work. If, it was a that punk, if he had a punk band, it would be called Dead Tasha's. Oh God, yes. <laughs> oh, God, Armas. Which, by the way, I really want to see Armas with a mohawk going oi 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 now. Oi oi oi! He's got a safety pin through his ear. Question mark? Yeah, sure. We'll go with ear. <laughs> yeah. I I I I assume death metal because yeah, of yeah, the I... anger. And the voice. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, you know. We are skin any. of evil, buddy. Uh, we are skin of evil. One, two, three. Let's rock. Yeah. Hello, Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> now you just, now you just satchmoed the Armus. <laughs> uh, All right. Uh, this one comes from James, and he says, Dear Matt Nell, we are now a par- in a part of Voyager that I haven't rewatched since it first aired. One of my lasting impressions was that it became the Seven and Doctor show. Can't say I was wrong. Can't say it was a good thing. I, we like Seven. I'm getting sick of the Doctor. Matt, do you, how do you mm. feel about the Doctor? That's fine. I, I'm getting... I, I, it's not that I'm sick of the Doctor. It's that I'm sick of a lot of his stuff. You know, like his the, shenanigans. The yeah, all like his his is just the the tropes they keep going back to with him. Like I, I I would be fine if they were doing new shit with the doctor. Yeah. No, that's I mean that's what I'm sick of too is they haven't developed his character. They keep just falling back on the same three jokes. Yeah. Like that's, we recently did one uh, the where uh he had to uh or Tuvok was doing the three-way mind meld which in a, which by the way is stupid, but I like uh I like him yep. uh him disbelieving it basically yeah it's a weird no, it's a was, weird character weird. choice for him yeah i don't know i i don't mind because all that vulcan stuff does smack of mysticism and it makes sense that a medical professional would say what what are you doing yeah stop it stop it uh, James goes on. I also remember the doctor being an annoying character, perpetually singing, unappealingly self-absorbed and demanding. Mm. Turns out that happens in season six. And I recall there's more to come. And he says hologram rebellion, which, oh boy, really? Oh no, real. Oh, is that what that fucking work strike one is about? Son of a bitch. And that's a two parter too. Oh, fuck a duck. Could be, could be wrong. Don't know. We'll find uh-huh. out. Ugh. Uh, he goes on, but an observation about Virtuoso. There's a whole to-do, <laughs> and he, uh, he has a, uh, a footnote here. I'm now saying to-do constantly. Thanks, Matt. You're welcome. About the Doctor leaving and Voyager being left with Tom Paris. This situation is driving me nuts. They can create that Cardassian Doctor. Tom Paris can create an entire Irish village, and Harry can turn uh, all of decks 9 through 15 into a giant holodeck, but these idiots haven't thought to create an even rudimentary holographic nurse? The writers were doing illogical things just to create a story. It's like DS9 having a storyline about Odo being unable to regenerate because his bucket is missing. <laughs> True, and also I like any good mention of Odo's bucket. <laughs> now available with his action figure. Uh, uh, but then at this point, what the hell am I expecting? Well, that's not my question. Uh, let's see. Oh, right. Matt, little shovel or that damn fan? Oh! Still don't have an answer, huh? I'll get back to you. All right. Also, the, an- you- <laughs> the answer will be revealed in the last episode of the show. Of 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 our coverage of Voyager or of all Star Trek? Of Pa. Okay, fair enough. It'll be literally the last thing in the show. Fair enough. So at least 
next year, probably later than that. It'll give me some time to go over my options. Yeah. Originally, uh, the plan after, you know, when, when, when there wasn't another Star Trek series forthcoming was that Enterprise would be done uh, in 2018 sometime, which is only a little more than a year away, mm-hmm. uh, like it was mid-2018. But uh, now I'm not sure because uh, uh, Discovery, so who mm-hmm. knows? We might be in for another year of this. We might be in for more. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Uh, Damala says... I don't know if you guys look at this or not, but I just wanted to... Oh, this because it's left as a comment on the website. And the answer is yes, we ah. do. If you if you go to our website and you, you go to the entry for a specific episode and you, you leave uh, input as a comment of that episode, it shows up in our email and we totally read it on the uh, supplemental. So yeah, if you yeah. prefer to do that to sending an email, totally fine. Um, but I want to let you know Harry playing the saxophone is justified. Loath as I am to speak up on Harry's behalf. <laughs> I, I do like the people agree with us on this. Yeah. Uh, as a band nerd, I just wanted to point out that the clarinet has the same fingerings as one of the saxes, although I don't remember which. So while it's stupid that he switches instruments to impress a girl, it is sound logic. Mm. All right. All right. I'll allow it. I, I feel like Harry yeah. Kim's mother would be extremely angry that he was using the saxophone. Like oh, she yeah. thinks it's too sexy for him or something. <laughs> oh, God. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. Which opens a whole weird mother boy Buster Bluth angle there. Upon honey. Yeah, I like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, this next one comes from, I hope I'm saying this right, Ahanobarbus? Ahanobarbus. All right. Okay. Uh, the original 60s era Star Trek benefited from the popularity of the U.S. space program and was beloved by science geeks everywhere. Prior to the reboot of Star Trek with TNG, I always found the most avid Star Trek fans were what are now called the STEM students, physics students, math magicians, chemistry geeks, before Walter White ruined the public image of the field, Uh, and of course, astronomy and space exploration enthusiasts. As you've gone through the entire Star Trek repertoire, have you felt that there's been a decline in the science elements or the undertone of Star Trek, and you think that it is... Uh, that its cash as a show for science nerds has been diminished over time, given, say, Voyager's focus on the metaphysical. Uh, there's, yes. there's more, but let's talk about this first. I don't, I, I don't think so. Um, really? Because, because the earliest episodes of the original series had a lot of godlike beings, um, magical beings like uh, Trelane. Like there was plenty of pseudoscience and just total not science mm-hmm. in the earliest. Like I don't think. I, I think Star Trek has always been a mix of kind of hard science and mostly not hard science. Okay. Do you do you disagree with that? No, I'd agree with that, yeah. Okay. Like it's like I would love to say, yeah, Star Trek was all about verifiable science based grounded in reality from the from the very beginning, but no no it wasn't. Mm. Yeah. The first appearance of Kirk had his friend turning into a magic man. Yeah, you know, like how, like what happens in science when you get to the edge of the galaxy. And turn and into a magic man. And your eyes turn silver. Also, I just and your happened to... your initial turns into an R. <laughs> I just happened to... Well, in fairness, his initial started as an R and then turned into a T later. Oh, man. Yeah. Because that was his first appearance, so that, that is the established fact, and then it changed. I still maintain that Gary Seven... Or Gary Seven... Gary Mitchell just didn't know what his middle name is. I don't know... I don't know how many of my friends know my middle name. Uh, I do only because I specifically asked you one time. That's weird. But, uh, no, I was on the show for some reason. I don't know your middle name. Uh, that's okay. Do you have a middle name? Yeah, you name? do. It's I Ron barely know your middle name. <laughs> I do, actually. It's Ross. Oh. 
I'm, I'm not ashamed. It's not a terrible name. It's just not not what I go by. But sure. yes. Also, I'm a the third. Uh, th- now that is impressive. No, not really. I believe that means you're like the heir to a candy fortune or something. No. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. A secret um, candy fortune. Yeah. No, I think I think there's been more of a reliance on techno babble. Like I think a lot of times in the original Trek, they would sort of hand wave some of their pseudoscience with a little bit of like, uh, and this is because of this, but there's way more tacky on blah, blah, blah yeah. now. Like it, it feels faker because they spend more time explaining it and it still doesn't make sense. Yeah. We, we, we said Whereas, this a like, times about Voyager where if you just like, if you just get to the point, it like, we're way more willing to accept it. But if you spend half the episode, like, and then this happens because that happens because this happens, it doesn't work as well. That's a big Brandon Braga thing. Like, yeah, it fucking is. He like he wants to do his magic dream stuff or whatever, which may work, maybe sometimes for character driven stuff. Except that he also then wants to spend a full act explaining how it works. And like, mm-hmm. go back to like Mirror Mirror, where uh, we beamed up during an ion storm. Well, that doesn't make a lick of fucking sense as to how you ended up in a in, a, in an alternate reality. That what? But yeah, it also doesn't so matter what? though because it's not what the episode is about. One one line of dialogue and you're past it and then you're you're exploring the the, you know, socio like the 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 political aspect and the and the way people act in this universe. And like mm-hmm. like it's way more about the characters in the situation than it is about the science. Absolutely. But beaming up during an ion storm at the same time as someone else in an, like that makes no sense at all. Mm-hmm. But so what? Who cares? Yeah. Now here's Spock with a beard. Hello. I think not. Um. Thank you and keep up the suffering. You are the canary in the Voyager coal mine for countless millions and or maybe scores of dozens. I have no idea how many people listen to the show. Some. I doubt millions. Definitely some. Yeah. We have charted on iTunes before, so a significant number. But I do not. Like, to this day, I don't know how to read my website stats. But uh, I'm pretty comfortable with the the amount of listener uh, uh, feedback we get. Mm Mm-hmm. Obviously, people are listening. And for every one person that writes in, I assume there's like 10 out there who who are listening but don't necessarily feel like writing in. So, you know. If you are listening, uh, consider writing a review for the show. That that would be fine. We could probably we could probably use them. I was on there. I was on iTunes last. Oh, week. Oh, you mean on iTunes? Yeah. Yeah. No, I was on iTunes last week. Just like, so I wonder if we got any reviews for the show. There's still a lot of old ones on there. And so if you want to, if well, anybody probably... wants to do a show review, please go go ahead. Yeah, we probably encouraged it early on, and uh, I have a rule of not looking, just because mm-hmm. if there's one bad one, it'll sit with me all week, because I'm that guy. Oh, no, I completely understand that. I just, I recently found out, like, those... Oh, no, I'm glad you looked. I'm glad someone looked. Yeah. Apparently, and those are, wanna... like, that's one of the ways iTunes tracks you, and whether they're going to bump you up onto new and notable and stuff, so, like, right. if that helps, fucking, you know, Yeah, absolutely. Please. No, that's, uh... That, that is something with, that we always encourage. We just kind of forget to mention. Yeah. But, and of course, you know, tell your friends about the show and that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, that too. Because I, I know iTunes is not the only way people get the show. And I, at the very beginning of this, listed it on every podcast service I could think of. And so for all I know, you're getting it a hundred ways that I am not aware of anymore. Because mm-hmm. that was back in 2010. And I don't remember yesterday, much less 2010. Exactly. So I know some people are getting it through like uh, Stitcher or iPod Bean, maybe uh, you know all those all those Androids thing is. Yeah, there's a you know, there's Android a, a won't bunch let you download iTunes at all. Well, 
That's a, I mean, it's a it's a competing thing. It's the same reason I can't watch like Amazon Prime stuff on my Apple TV. It's but stupid. I want but to. I know, but you can't. <laughs> uh, this this uh, listener says, P.S. Dreams of my ghost father sounds like the perfect title for a book about Star Trek Voyager or an autobiography of Brandon Braga. Yeah, it sure does. <laughs> P.P.S. Matt always sounds like he's laying his face down on his bed with his arms wrapped around a pillow and his face dimly lit by a laptop as he feeds himself Jolly Ranchers. Well, you're entirely right, except for the fact that I don't like Jolly Ranchers. I can't explain why necessarily, but that should be a promo pick. Make it so. Or not. See, now I'm picturing you on a bed, like on a pink princess phone. Oh, with Stomach my legs down, in the air? Legs in the Yeah, exactly. I do do that, actually. Well, I know you used to. Now you sit at a desk. Well, yes. But back in the day when, when you lived at home, you uh, you recorded from your bed. Yeah, I did. On a laptop. Yeah. That is no longer right. enough, that is no longer acceptable. Uh, eaten probably because that laptop broke. Ah, probably eaten by your dog. Yes, almost certainly. Yeah. Uh, this one comes from Deke, and he says this is in response to Pa episode three hundred five, wherein the Algar and the robot Ham made disparaging remarks about Subway. Look, we've put up with your hairy hatred, your wharf whining, and your Chekhov cheesiness, but we have to draw the line somewhere. Your anti-subway stance is as disgusting as the frozen center of a meatball sub. Okay, okay, you win. However, how come there's no fast food vendors on Star Trek? I mean, if you had to choose from the Neelix hair of the day or Subway, the spicy Italian is going to win every time. I think a little food court would work well on the Enterprise, or at least on DS9. I mean, how much runoff business would Quarks get if it was surrounded by a P.F. Chang's, Burger King, or Space Pizza Hut? Maybe the alcoholics on these shows just want a Pepsi once in a while instead of the synthetic alcohol. Romulan ale, blood wine, or whatever the hell it is Cardassians drink. Sometimes you just want a Pepsi, you know? Pepsi. The The fact that he restates the word Pepsi makes me think he's buzz marketing Pepsi. Yeah, this letter brought to you by Pepsi. <laughs> that the is choi- not the, the official answer. The choice of the Klingon generation. <laughs> no, the choice of the next generation. Come on. Shit, that's pretty good. No, uh, th- that is not an answer to the official question of Coke or Pepsi, because we have never given an official answer for that, and I don't think we ever will. No. Because um, they taste the same. No, they don't. The same. What? Do you really think that? No. Oh, okay. I'm not asking which one you prefer. I'm just uh, curious. Do you actually mm-hmm. think they taste the same? I will say this, though. Uh, since I moved to Portland, uh, RC Cola can suck my dick. <laughs> oh, come on. RC Cola was never in the running. Uh, fucking okay. So there's a great theater by where uh, by where we live that does the whole like you can get food there and beer and everything, right? And so Is that where we saw Star Wars? Uh, no, this was a little oh, further okay. into Sorry. town. Okay. Uh, so I go, I go up to the guy and I'm like, "Can I get a slice of pizza and a Coke?" And the guy's like, "We don't have Coke. We have RC. We have RC Cola." I'm like, "Oh yeah, okay. I guess I'll give that a shot." I was trying to imagine a scenario where you'd have to drink RC, and I guess that would be one of this them. This is yeah. it. It's because uh-huh. it's fucking it's fucking Portland and RC Cola well, is you- the. Fucking oh, is Portland is is it famous? Is it like popular in Portland? I don't know if it's that or if it's just like supposed to be an artisanal soda or some damn thing. No, it's not. It's but, just a shitty off-brand cola. But fucking RC Cola tastes like the inside of a taint. So fucking. <laughs> the thing is, I I now have the sugar disease and can't mm. uh, can't have proper soda. But I will say, Coke makes a superior uh, uh, low calorie, low sugar soda. That's, like Coke uh, Zero. Yeah, Coke Zero is pretty good. Coke Zero's way... Well, no, it's not pretty good. But it's way better than Pepsi Max. Sure. Way better. It still tastes like garbage, but it tastes like... Edible garbage. garbage. Like, yeah, exactly. Drinkable garbage. You know, like like an old pizza crust or something. 
Yeah, exactly. Not like, not like a sink throw someone threw away, which right. is how I would describe RC Cola. Completely undrinkable. Or an old diaper. Ugh. With coffee grounds in it, but not good coffee grounds. Like Sanka grounds. Ugh. <laughs> this diaper is even off-brand. <laughs> Pumpers? Is that a brand diaper? <laughs> um. Anyway, the, the food court thing, I mean, the promenade was a food court. Mm-hmm. It, it just the logos were not recognizable to you because it's 300 years in the future and yeah. some of them were in alien languages. But they're like, I don't know that any of the Earth corporations necessarily exist anymore, but they were totally like like the Klingon restaurant and so forth. Like they like that could have been like PJ O'Targs or whatever, you know, like. <laughs> All I know is that McDonald's was was bought up by Walmart that was bought up by Wayland yutani So <laughs> no, that's a different come on. That's a different continuity. That's true. That's what happened Although, in the Alien uh, universe. Although, we're sure. getting an Alien Star Trek comic crossover this year, so. Oh, good. Those are always Something I was really excited happening. about until I found out it was drawn by the guy who does uh, did the Star Trek Doctor Who crossover. Mm. Some of the shittiest yeah. fucking art I've ever seen. I don't so, know that I've read a Star Trek and anything crossover that I've liked, to be honest with you. Uh, you're not wrong, honestly. Like, the concept... It, excites me every time i know and i'm like this with so many comics where i'm initially surprised like excited by the idea and then surprised that it's not good and i don't know why mm-hmm. i keep falling for it like fucking uh i recently i recently it was like a fucking year and a half ago i read that uh star trek planet of the apes episode or uh comic yeah that was free was... like the first ep- the first issue of that was free for the kindle so i, I yeah. looked at that as well which as good as a mediocre episode of original star trek so yeah I, I want to take this opportunity again to sing the praises of Star Trek Waypoint, by the way, which I've already mm. mentioned before, but I do want to mention again, which is IDW's uh, Trek anthology series. Um, and they've they've covered, like we talked about this, they did a uh, uh, Naomi Wildman, the, the, the conceit of the story was that Naomi Wildman drew it herself. Yep. And, and it's, it's fucking great. A science adventure with her and Seven and Janeway, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one done in the style of the old gold key comics. Mm-hmm. With the original series, which was great. Uh, there's, there's a lot of fun stuff. People who are fans of, of the the uh, the franchise. And mm-hmm. honestly, that's the best Trek comic out there. Ooh, also, uh, there's one the, the other one that uh, IDW is putting out right now is called Boldly Go. And they did a dumb uh, movie Trek guys versus the Borg thing that wasn't very good. Sure. But now they're moving on to a new storyline, which appears to be Jayla joining Starfleet. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and the first issue of that arc was just like, that's the only one that's out so far. And it was all her backstory, which is okay. But mm-hmm. the final splash page, uh, spoiler, I guess, is her in a Starfleet uniform. So like, presumably the next part's going to be her actually in Starfleet. So. Oh, that's awesome. What color? Uh, red. Oh, nice. Engineering. I mean, she's good. Oh, at yeah, uh, stuff, no, that makes so. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I can't speak for the rest of that, mm-hmm. but so far there's a good start to that. So yeah. we'll see. But yeah, as far as the crossover stuff goes, usually like the Green Lantern one I didn't like and the Doctor Who one I didn't like. Oh, God, that Doctor Who one was rough. The flashback bits of that were good. But mm-hmm. That was the only good part was that uh, original Trek meets uh, Tom Baker. Doctor? Tom Baker. Uh, yeah. Fourth, yeah. Fourth Tom Doctor. Baker. And they drew it in a more sort of bright color, cartoony 60s style. Yeah, it's that fucking photorealistic uh yeah. art they use it's just ugly 
it doesn't work for Star Trek. Like I've seen that style work well in sort of more artsy comics, but it just I've for seen Star that Trek. guy. I've seen that guy draw re- like really good comics before, but it's mm. like it, it's like he's working from a paused episode of like TNG. Like yeah, no, it's it's, really it, it doesn't. It's not the best. Uh, it's not the best. No. Uh, next one comes from Douglas, and he says, "Dear pals." I just listened to episode 305 covering Child's Play and Good Shepherd, and I have a couple of thoughts. First, I like Al's lower sickness-induced voice. I know it's not something he can replicate on a regular basis, and I wish him uh, the best at getting well soon. Well, thank you. Uh, Also, after finishing Voyager, it'd be interesting to get some actual numbers on the breakdown of episodes you liked slash were indifferent slash hated in whatever granularity you thought was appropriate. I only suggest this because you were trying hard to keep an open mind before you started. There have definitely been runs of the show you've been quite positive about. I just think it would be fun to get some hard numbers, however you'd rate them in the end. Anyway, keep mm-hmm. up the good work. Uh, the The problem with that is remembering. Yeah. That's when hard wrote, enough when we used to write the books. Like, yeah, that's what, what I was saying. What was we were, this episode about? Yeah. the Half the time we could not remember by title, and we'd have to go back to our notes and say, oh, yeah, this one, kind of. I would say less than half of Voyager's been good, but mm-hmm. it's still... A lot more than I expected. I would say a Absolutely. solid third has been and good. And I will say, I've been saying this since pretty pretty early. Uh, for the most part, I still like these guys, most of them. Yeah, more Except, than half of the characters. Yeah, exactly. I, th- there's the usual gang of idiots who I can't stand. but Yeah, like, Harry, Chuck, and Neelix. Everyone yeah. else, you know, and maybe the Borg kids now, that's still pending. I'm willing to give them more than one episode. Yeah, right now they they I hate them because of uh, the haunting of deck twelve, but it's possible they'll uh, they'll redeem mm-hmm. themselves again. Yeah, but um, like you know, I wasn't expecting to enjoy the characters and the setting as much as I do. Now the main the main obstacle for me was Kate. I did not think yeah. I liked Janeway, and therefore, if you don't like the captain, you're probably not going to like the show. And yeah, but fucking, I was th- I I love being wrong about this kind of stuff. Yeah. I really do. I do not want to be right. And I was totally wrong. She was, she didn't make much of an impression in the pilot, but that's also because they hastily had to replace the previous chick. And mm-hmm. she probably had a day to prep for the role. So that's not really entirely her fault. Yeah. But like well into season, like maybe at the halfway point of season one, I was like, okay, I get her. She's pretty good. And the mm-hmm. more they made her a badass, and the more they emphasized the science stuff, and the more they showed her humor and her like her her good maternal type stuff. Like I, mm-hmm. I really like her, and so a lot of it fell into place because of that. Yeah, no, mostly it's just the dumb shit they get up to. Yeah, the dumb, boring shit they have to do every week. Okay, let's be honest. You you mean Unimatrix Zero because that's the freshest one in your mind? Yes. <laughs> Although you did come up with a pretty amazing list. Oh, for, yeah. For your summary of that. I'm adding to that list as we go along. That could be our next book, is just list of stupid things Star Trek has done. <laughs> Maybe we get some of our art friends to uh, to illustrate it. That's actually not a terrible idea at all. <laughs> the dumbest, the, the, the top 500 dumbest things in Star Trek. Yep. But then we'd have to do the, the top 500 good, you know, we don't want to, like, that's it. Good thing, bad thing. There you go. Yeah. Half the book could be the bad things, half the book could be the good things. Because I, I don't want to... Was- be too negative one of the things i one of the things i brought up was spock's brain being stolen i just have this image in my head of him of him chasing it as he kicks it across the ground (laughs) like an old vaudeville act where you where you you drop your hat and you're chasing it around the stage (laughs) now i'm picturing him throwing his brain down on the ground and stomping on it when someone gets away yeah the uh, the kazon i would imagine (laughs) oh oh you darn kazon yeah Thankfully, Spock never had to deal with those. those Playing the fucking whatever the Kazon version of the Dixie theme. Mm hmm. 
Ugh. Right? Uh, this, one come, this one comes from James. Not sure if you guys have heard about it, but they're getting the DS9 cast together for a documentary and a one-episode reunion. I probably heard about it from you, but in case I didn't, I didn't want you guys to miss it. We have heard about it. Hopefully, it looks really good. Yeah, hopefully it's happening. Like, yeah. I haven't it, no, checked it's, up it's, on it's, that. But. It's been, um, it, it has been funded. And oh, good. considering Iris Stephen Bear apparently is the one who's making it. Yeah, no, that um, I do. Uh, it, like, barring tragedy or whatever, it looks like it's going to happen. Uh, my my concern, my my only mm-hmm. actual doubt is uh, Axanar. Uh, if yeah. you if you make something with Star Trek in the name, even if you're Star Trek related people are in it, uh, it's possible CBS could say, "Yeah, fuck you, you can't do that." Because mm. I don't think it's being done with their like okay. Now I think yeah. a documentary is a documentary, and you can do whatever the hell you want. But I mm-hmm. like I I don't know, and maybe this has already been addressed, but. In my head, anytime I get excited about a non-official Star Trek thing, it gets shut down. Paramount so. crushes it. Although, there has been a development on the Axanar front. Did you hear about this? I did not. Uh, they're allowed to make it if they make it crappier. Wow, seriously? That is a, that is in gross oversimplification, but effectively, yes. It's got to it's gotta look it looks like, too a, good. like a shitty... Uh, you have to be able to tell on like uh, immediately upon viewing it that it is a fan uh, thing and not an official thing. Wow, that sucks. And again, I I would uh, I'll put a link in the show notes to the the most like comprehensive uh, summary of all this because I'm mm. I'm way oversimplifying it. But effectively, that's what the ruling was. Was uh, oh yeah, fuck, you can keep making shit. this if it looks like crap. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, at least they still get to make it because like we watched that that short that they made and we were very it's amazing. Yeah, it's and I fucking I can't fan stand uh, uh, fan films. I, I have liked some Star Wars ones. I think this is the first Star Trek one that I've unequivocally said, this mm-hmm. is great. Whereas there's been some other ones that had some good things about them, but overall I was like, eh. Yeah. Because I feel like at one point we were desperate for Star Trek stuff and we went and watched some of those and I feel like we didn't hate all of them. I did. But, oh, I just didn't okay. remember that. Okay, fair enough. I remember liking at least one of them, but I don't mm. remember now. Anyway, uh, Mike X writes in. This is another guy who goes way, way back with us. Yeah. Uh, writes in, hey guys, so Hi. an awesome th- an awesome thing happened a few weeks back. I almost read Neelix. Netflix, uh, in its infinite wisdom, decided to let me download shows to my phone. I guess the rest of you can too, maybe. I don't know. I uh, believe no, that is an option, yes. No, just you, Mike. <laughs> no, I think that's the thing. Like, if you're if you're going out of Wi-Fi coverage or whatever, you can download what you want to watch. And uh, Yeah. I think that's cool. So for the first time, I can follow along with Voyager at my desk, since there's no way my wife would be interested. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I get that too. And my wife is on this show and wants to keep informed, and she's still not that interested. Oh my god! I just realized I can watch my episodes at work now. I mean, that's technically what I do, but I work from home, so <laughs> this is kind of exciting. Parentheses is that the word? Since the last several episodes are from when I dropped off watching my first time around. Imagine my joy when the first one I saw was Tom cheats on Bell with a junker ship, and no one calls him on it because it wasn't his fault because she was a tramp or something because Voyager's gender politics. Why not? So that was pretty terrible. My my question is this. Given Star Trek's questionable but memorable track record with social commentary, can we expect any new Trek to be socially relevant? Uh, There's kind of a lot to comment right on uh, on right now. I mean, have you seen it outside? (laughs) But uh, is Trek only good for the kind of heavy-handed metaphor found in that one DS9 story you guys hate? What was it? Time in a hat or something? (laughs) I think that was it, yes. Uh, uh, motion to uh, retroactively refer to time, time and again as time in a hat. No, 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 no. He's talking about past tense. 
Oh. Which featured Hat Guy. Time and Again right. was just a... Time and Again was a slightly below average episode that Zioko kind of liked and we gave him shit for it. <laughs> but it wasn't even that bad. It was just kind of like a standard dumb Star Trek time episode. Sure. No, he's talking about past tense. And yeah, yes, I, I like in the spirit of what you just suggested, absolutely. Time and uh, hat. Sh- should any new writers just stick to fun sci-fi? Sorry this ended up so long. You guys did a great job. Have fun with season seven. We, we will try. I, the thing is, more often than not, our position has been they can't do social commentary very well. Yeah. And it bothers me more. It bothers me less that they're not good at it and more because they go on and on about how good at it they are. Mm-hmm. Like, we've talked about how they're not great at horror, and that's just, okay, keep trying. Maybe you'll get it one time. Yeah. But with the social commentary thing, it's that you constantly hear about how Star Trek is leading the pack in like genre shows that talk about important issues. And that is so wrong. Yeah. Like, uh, exhibit a, the Yangs versus the cons exhibit B captain. You'll notice that I'm black and white on the right side and black and and he's white and black on the left side. I'm pretty sure Gene Roddenberry was involved in the conception of both of those episodes. Definitely the first one, possibly the last. Gene's a fucking hack. So yeah, but it, the original series like didn't usually deal with that very well. They, there were there were some exceptions. Mm-hmm. The thing is, I feel like they usually deal with that stuff better in in subtle ways, like having Uhura and Sulu on the bridge and not making a thing out of it. That yeah. is good. Like that that is good advancing your social justice, if you want to call it that, agenda. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, guess what? This African-American woman and this Asian man are just part of the crew and everyone treats them like it's normal and it's all fine. So shut up, yep. the 60s. Mm-hmm. And I like that. Whereas yeah. if you try to bonk us over the head with it, not so much. It's like, you remember that Next Gen episode with the deaf guy uh, who basically the whole point of the episode was he's handy capable. Like they yeah. were really it's like, like he learned to overcome his handicap and look how special he is. Meantime, for three seasons prior to that, Jordy, the blind guy who who drives the ship yep was just there and doing his job and that did a much better job you know what i mean that's like that kind of thing works way better for me yeah no which you know that's why like you know going into discovery they need to do the you know they need to have like you know queer characters they need well they've said they've said straight up that that one of the characters is definitely gay which uh, i would love to see a trans character in there you know yep or without getting too stupid about it like you want to be you want to play it right Mm -hmm. you could do sort of a because you've talked about this a little bit about how in Star Trek they have the technology to change your body and how yeah. interesting it would be to explore like a trans sort of self identity issue through this future where you can make your body anything where you that's want. An e- like a super simple option. You'd have to be careful. You'd have yeah, to no, write it tastefully. Certain, the, I, when I originally stated that, like I've since been informed, like there's more to it than just that. Oh, there absolutely it is. is. There's there. It is so complex. But a show like Transparent on Amazon, which mm-hmm. is a well-written show, but it's super awkward and everyone on it is terrible. And I just like <laughs> it's 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 about and I was really surprised Jeffrey Tambor being a, a trans woman, which mm-hmm. like really Jeffrey Tambor. But he pulls it off. He's great. And the writing on it is so good. But his children, her children are so awful, like mm-hmm. just self-absorbed and terrible. And I just I can't watch it because they're horrible people. But anyway, the point is that show has a lot of trans people writing it and consulting on it and working on the crew. And that's how you'd have to do something like that. Don't just Mm -hmm. take 
a, a straight presenting white guy like one of us to write yeah. that episode. You want to make sure you get it right. But there is an interesting way to explore all that, I think. You just want to make sure you do it right and don't piss anybody off at all. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like Star Trek handles these things better when they do it subtly instead of beating yeah. you over the head with it is all I'm saying. Like, the last thing we want is Discovery to have, like, oh, and then Cyrano Jones got elected president of the Federation or something, and everything sucks. Or, you know, an episode about the, the gay character being gay. Like, no. Just, no. Yeah. Just... That's not a, you know. But again, there have been exceptions to the rule. I just think overwhelmingly, mm-hmm. uh, they're, they're not great at confronting stuff head on. Mm-hmm. What they're good at is showing examples of here's why this is important, here's why this is good, and it's normal. Normalizing things. Mm-hmm. I think I think Star Trek's good at that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's the occasional exception. There is uh, Far Beyond the Stars and a couple others oh, that yeah. are immediately coming to mind. But you usually just uh, don't. Just don't. Yeah. Uh, let's see. This one comes from James. Uh, Dear Matt now, if Sumkanse, uh featuring The Rock and Martok uh, in the episode... Where the hell was Kate that week? There was no legitimate story reason for her to be away, so I figured she must have directed it. Nope. And since Memory Alpha apparently called it quits on Voyager, there's no indication of why she could only put in about 45 minutes of shooting that week. But without Kate around and Seven off the ship needing to be rescued, I thought it was interesting how much the rest of the crew was able to shine. It seemed like the writers were spreading things around equitably among the various characters in a way I don't recall seeing much on Voyager. The B-Squad actually seemed like a crew rather than the background furniture, if I recall. Chuck, mm-hmm. Harry, Tuvok, and Bellana being in these final seasons. Uh, yeah, you're right. Yep. Um, unlike the cast of the time, I don't think Seven was the problem, but I do think the show had too many characters. It had nine crew, whereas TNG had seven and DS9 had... Okay, so it had 412 characters, but most actually weren't crew. <laughs> they also weren't boring or phoning it in, so that's a problem too. I miss that show. We all do. Yeah, but then again, DS9, you know, one of the guys in the main cast was not even in half the episodes. Mm-hmm. There's also that. Sirak Lofton Sir- does not appear in this series. Right. I am curious if Sirak Lofton does appear in that in that documentary. I desperately want want that want that documentary to end and him not have been in it. And Memory Alpha's entry on it is just Sirak Lofton does not appear in this film. <laughs> um, I don't know. We talked about this in the original series some when Kirk would go away and the crew would like gather around Spock and suddenly be better. Mm-hmm. And it, this wasn't that, but I, I, every now and then the writers do need to break away from the captain always leading the charge. And like, maybe she's just doing something else and yeah, let, let somebody else have a, uh, an episode, you know. I feel like Kate Mulgrew was just like, I'm going out of town this weekend, right around it. I, I don't know. It could just it could just be um, it could just be them saying we've we focused a lot on Janeway. Let's let's give Chakotay an episode. And mm-hmm. he likes boxing. So it fits here. And that, that was one of those times where we thought he was used pretty effectively, as I recall. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because he, they had pre-established his love of boxing and his love of um, anthropology, so seeing another culture's fighting would be a thing he'd be into. Jacote loves boxing, anthropology, and sweet dank weed. <laughs> yep, I, I don't know enough about weed to make some make a good joke there, so I'm gonna have to take your word for that. And now you never will. Nope. tried it, didn't care for it. Uh, last email comes from Andrew. From old Lasty. And Andrew says, hey guys, dot, 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 dot. Wow. Dot, 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 dot. Ending season six so soon. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) Anyway, foreshadowing aside, what do you think of Janeway as a whole? 
a female version of Kirk with 90 sensibilities? Or does that extend to the show itself? I don't think she's anything like Kirk. No, not at all. I think what I like about her is what I like about all the captains, which is they're distinctive, unique Their own guys. separate character. I love, like, you know, we've talked about this a thousand fucking times on this show, but I fucking love uh, uh, Janeway. Yeah, her maternal thing in particular. Like, I did I, not I, think that was going to work out, and it works so well for this show. Well, because we often threw around mom as as sort of a pejorative thing with, with Bever. Like, mm-hmm. uh, she's such a mom, meaning all she cared about was her kid and nothing else mm-hmm. to the to the detriment of her job, of her character, of everything. But no, Janeway cares about her entire crew the way a mom cares about her kids, just the yeah. way the way uh, Ben Sisko cared about his crew, like a dad. Like, yeah. it, it's exactly like that. Mm-hmm. It's good, and I like it, and I it's love, different. Uh, and I love her being the basically the science officer, too. Like, yeah. that's a huge part of her character. I think that's and, great. And I like that those two things work together. They're not mutually mm-hmm. exclusive. She can be a mom and also be a kick-ass scientist. And we, we bitch about this when we're doing the episodes, but, like, it actually gives a valid reason for her, for them to do side trips when they're on their way home, just because she's so interested in all the weird shit happening in the Delta Quadrant. Yeah, absolutely. No, I I, I have come to really like Jane, and I like her sense of humor. Mm-hmm. I really like, like, Kate Mulgrew plays the, the, the sort of quiet character moments. Like, we've said this before. Her and Robert Beltran have pretty good chemistry. The, the only time I, I praise his acting is when the two of them have sort of cute moments together. Yeah. And she has them with a lot of people. Just the mm-hmm. quiet little, you know, oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I like this. And I like, um, the one way she does remind me of Shatner is... Shatner was actually not bad at those quiet little funny things either. Like mm-hmm. when he's needling Spock over something or, you know, that kind of thing in trouble with tribbles where he's becoming a bit exasperated or, you know, like Shatner actually sold deliberate comedy pretty well. And this is something I was reminded of when I watched some original series recently, I'd kind of forgotten mm-hmm. that and their approaches are very similar. It's a little smug. That yeah. smile that I'm in charge, but things are falling out of my control, but I'm still smug about it kind of mm-hmm. thing that I don't know. Something she does reminds me of Shatner. I like it. Yeah. No, I completely agree. Yeah. Um, um, and she can be such a fucking badass, too. Oh, uh, yeah. I think all the captains share that. Mm-hmm. All the captains well, I think it's have, an important part of being a Star Trek captain. Yeah, absolutely. Is that moment where you switch off your real personality and step up and have to, you know, like intimidate or, or, or yeah. bluff or whatever like the guy threatening your ship no fuck you motherfucker you're not getting any of my crew you need my they dick all, they all got that that's when we started really liking picard is when he started having that mm-hmm. and cisco had it from day one and kirk had it too like they you know captains need that yeah uh question two what do you think of the borg too much humanization or oh, they needed a select few for humanization aka matt's affections for borg babies what about mm-hmm. borg puppies I would be fine with a bored puppy, but I would be fine with all of puppies. We talked about that in uh, in our coverage of uh, Unimatrix Zero. Yeah, we actually went, we actually, for you guys it was last week, but we actually just went yeah. off on real fucking tear about uh, about the state of the Borg as it is right now. Yeah, the state of our Borg is weak. Yeah, uh, now they we, have been officially ruined. We have been looking for that point where the Borg become insufferable, and that ex- that was the moment. We can pinpoint it to a single episode. Yeah, and the fact that you and I both, uh, uh, yeah, separately one another made the same yep. note. Yep. We arrived at that like, conclusion oh, independently. Here it is. They're done now. Yeah. This was, this was cool, and it was cool for a lot longer than I thought it was going to be, but now it's not. Yeah. 
And they did it in such a way that it's it's not like the Borg kids where maybe a good episode could redeem it. No, they've mm-hmm. retroactively ruined the Borg. Yeah. By saying this is how it's been all along. And like, what? No, yeah. what? No, it, you've ruined future Borg and past Borg stories. Yeah. Congratulations. Uh, and Andrew says, then the first contact movie would look like this. And there's a YouTube link, which I will provide in the show notes. Mm. Uh, three. What do you think Star Trek four should be about? At this um, point, Klingons. Eh. You think so? I well, at, the, at this point, it's been with this many episodes or movies down. Yeah, I kind of want to see them now. Eh, I don't really care one way or the other. Especially, I I feel like Discovery is going to be focusing on Klingons, so mm. we're good. Actually, there. no. I I, I talked about this uh, when we were talking about when uh, three came out. Um, mm-hmm. Since Trek, since these movies can't do a fucking villain, uh, I want to see them fight a cloud. Yeah. Like the uh, the whale probe or like V'ger. yeah, one of those kind of things. Give me a, would, give me a movie about uh, about the crew working together to fight a cloud. Yeah, and have uh, Kirk do like outsmart a computer because that's one of yeah. his defining things. That'd be cool. I mm-hmm. I would love this isn't going to happen, but I would love for them to do a light one, a la Star Trek, like the original Star Trek Four. Yeah, the voyage home, like. Like, uh, or Trouble with Tribbles, or, you know, like this, that, that, those characters have been in light situations before, or a Harry Mudd thing, uh, mm-hmm. which I will never, like, I will go to my grave saying Paul F. Tompkins needs to play Harry Mudd in these movies, and it's never going to yeah, happen. But I still really want it to happen. I started watching Billion Dollar Properties, and he's kind of already playing him. I, more or less, uh, Bajillion Dollar Properties. Oh, that's it, Bajillion Dollar Properties, yeah. And I only, I only correct you because I want people to, to seek out that show and, and watch it. Mm-hmm. Well, you can see the first episode for free on uh, YouTube, so And if you if you if you have CISO, it's on that mm-hmm. as well. So Um But yeah, I, I want them to do a light one because and I talked about this one when we covered the third movie. <sighs> Star Trek can be so many different things. Like those movies like Wrath of Khan was like a tense submarine movie and like six was like a, a political drama and yep. four was like a fish out of water comedy. Like you can do different. They don't just have to be straight up action movies. You can do sort of sub genres that are still Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to see them break out of the standard like three acts with a villain and a lot of action like formula and do something a little different. Yeah, but they're not gonna. They're going to stay. No, that's play not, it safe that's and, not how movies are made right now. No, they're going to get a a high-profile guy like Benedict Cumberbatch or Idris Elba to play a villain. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they're gonna... It's gonna be dumb. Mm-hmm. And hopefully the rest of it will be good. Yeah. But we'll and hopefully see. someone will be named something better than Balthazar Edison, although my but, breath is not held. I mean, it, literally any name is better than Balthazar Edison. Literally any name. Um, Balthazar Edison. I'm singing this song again. Uh, Andrew also says, once Pa ends, what's next? I it's hard to say because we don't know when Pa ends. Yeah. We have talked about stuff, but... Uh, we have. I don't think I, I... I... I'm having second thoughts about the thing we talked about for a while, which is doing a Batman thing, but we, we mm-hmm. might come back to that. Um, I don't know. We'll talk... Like, when the end gets closer, we'll give you a better indication, but we could be doing Discovery for a while. The thing I'm worried about is once we catch up to Discovery and we're waiting for new episodes, what happens then? Yeah. Because there's going to be a weird period where more Star Trek is forthcoming and we're not doing anything. Yeah. Like, and that it, I don't it, know. It, does, does the show stop being weekly? It's like... The problem there is we've fallen into a good groove where we just show up every week and this is part of it. And I think it would be hard to re, like, start that up after six months. Yeah. yeah. For me, wrong. it definitely would be. I'm, I am a creature... Like, I, I uh, momentum is a heavy part of my 
work ethic. And oh, if man. I lose if I lose the momentum, like ugh, you know. I I you recently had me uh, help out on a script for the uh, mm-hmm. for the live episode. I haven't written anything that isn't a Trek summary in about got a, a year. year. Yeah, yeah, a little more than a year. So it's, out of practice on it's that. It's hard shit. to climb wow. back on the horse. I mean, we yeah. got we got it, and it's good, and I'm happy with it. But yeah, it's it was you know. We were we were rusty, and that would be my concern. So yeah, I, I got some thoughts about that, and I don't want to announce anything until Matt and I discuss it and decide something. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we we don't know yet. Is the is the short answer? We're definitely mm-hmm. doing Enterprise through you know, uh, like mid next year, and then however much of Discovery there is, which puts us into late next year, and then after that, I have no idea. Yeah. Um, and Andrew says trivia back in Message in a Bottle. I just found out that two security officers that beam up after the retaking of Prometheus were DS9 extras. So therefore, that counts as a DS9 crossover cameo, which means one of the Defiant ships was the Defiant itself. Yes. Now to go show off my headcanon. All right, I'll allow it. Yeah, sure. Good work. Uh, Non-Star Trek question. Seeing as you have nerds for friends and by extension probably nerdy, have you guys ever watched the movie Scott Pilgrim vs. the World? Of of course we have. It's a great fucking movie. Yeah. I liked it. I didn't care for the comic. I'm like that guy because everyone mm-hmm. else loved it. But uh, the movie was quite good. I'm I'm a yeah, big no. fan of Edgar Wright. Some of the some very fine Michael Sarah work. Yeah, yeah. In, in Michael Sarah's very limited range, he definitely did well. Yeah, no, I was one of those guys who didn't think he could do it, and uh, I was. No, wrong. he absolutely did. It's a great fucking flick. Yeah. No, I quite enjoy. I, I enjoy all of Edgar Wright's movies. So mm-hmm. you know. And I think he's got a new one coming soon, which I'm excited about. I believe you are correct. I and wish. I, look um, forward to it. I, I wish he had ended up making Ant Man. Yeah, that's too bad. Which I felt I just, was as much as I enjoy Ant Man watching it. I'm like, God, this would be so much better if Edgar Wright made. The it. thing is, I thought it was a good, like, like above average for a, an action movie, fairly standard for a Marvel movie, but it would have been amazing sure. in his hands. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. That, that's the thing. Those the the I, I I like the Marvel movies. I continue to to like them. I know a lot of people are sort of tired of that. Yeah. Uh, no, it's not that I'm tired of it, but I do think they need to vary it a little. I think yes. the tone of them should be not just the same every time. I think I hope Spidey is more fun and mm-hmm. silly, and less no. you know the same as all the others. Like like Guardians, I feel like benefited so much from uh, who the fuck made that movie? Uh, James Gunn. Uh, James Gunn. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, working on that, like it's 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 so unique from the rest of the Marvel movies. I think that like a lot of those movies would benefit from uh, well, the best like a ones more singular have, director. Yeah, the best ones have been given to guys. You know, I mean, Kenneth Branagh for Christ's yeah. sake, and Favreau. Like in that in that first batch of movies, those all those directors were very different from one another and established as having pretty unique styles. Mm-hmm. And I think that worked to build a, a universe that that overlapped but had very different feels to each story. You know, absolutely. And that's what I was saying about Star Trek. You you could have common themes, but really like diverge and do completely different stuff at the same time. Uh, Bring it all, all back right. around. What's that? Bring it all back around. Yeah. Uh, before we wrap up, is there any like, because we usually like to talk. I, I mentioned the comics before. Is there any other kind of like books or anything you've run no. into in the last couple no. of months? It's been, I have, it, it's been just Voyager for me lately. I haven't really Blech. done any Trek stuff. See, I I went on a brief uh, uh, DS9. I watched the season six, was it five part, six part premiere? The one where they mm-hmm. take the station back? Sure. I, men- I mentioned that before and I, I quite enjoyed that. And then um, 
watch some original series. Uh, th- this year at uh, Emerald City, which again, if by the time you're hearing this, it's over. But uh, I'm cosplaying. I got the green Kirk shirt, the uh, the casual open chest green Kirk shirt. Nice. That I'm going to be wearing. And Amanda is actually cosplaying as female Romulan commander. Oh, nice. Uh, Tidro made her a dress, which looks amazing. And Bob sculpted her some ears, which look fantastic. And mm-hmm. like that, that's like mine. I'm just putting on a shirt and I'm not cutting off my beard. So I'm just Alan, the green Kirk shirt. I'm not even putting Kirk. on I'm a shirt and the Ritz, the done, <laughs> but, uh, but Amanda's really going all out. And actually Tidro's going to, going to be uh cross play Spock. Oh, nice. So we'll have some, and then actually, oh, and Caitlin is uh, seven of nine. Yes, she is. So we're not all doing original series stuff. But uh, my point is, uh, as research, we started watching some original series, and then we started watching a bunch more. So I've mm-hmm. actually been watching some of the other treks recently. I, I I still won't let myself go forward, but I'm allowed to go back. Yeah. So, and I read a um, I read a novel. Well, I read half a novel and gave up on it. Like. I was reading it for a lot longer than I wanted to. I was like, wait a minute. This isn't the show. Why am I, I still reading this? I shit for this thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm not obligated to read this. And it was a book about, uh, you know, the Tranya guy? Oh, sure. Uh, ba- Baylock. Uh, Clint Howard. Yeah. Um, like the continuing adventures of them. And Oh, boy. It, it wasn't very good. I can understand. I can't understand why you wouldn't want to finish off the Tranya guy's adventures. No, it was his whole. It, there were some interesting things. It was written by Christopher Bennett, who's who's okay, other well, stuff. Well, that I've guy liked. is actually a pretty good writer. I like him. Um, and it was about uh, what, like, because he talked about being part of the first federation, mm. and it was their whole culture, and it was pretty cool. It was this whole like they were on a gas giant planet, like like Jupiter, and they built this giant secret like fake planet inside the planet. It was like this whole ring world thing going on and the, like aspects of it were cool, but it was just, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't very good. This uh, is Tranya. Yep. Brock. <laughs> Wasn't uh, planning on, uh, on, uh, James Urbaniac that so much, but, uh, yeah, you totally Urbaniac. You're, a, you're an Urbaniac on the floor <laughs> and you're Urbaniac like you never done before. I don't know about that. I've right. pretty hard in the past. That's true. All right. Well, that's all for this time. Uh, th- thanks as ever. Uh, yep. The next next supplemental, I think, is in three months, but we've also talked to the Gavs about maybe doing another um, interlude of a different show, so that yeah. might be happening instead. I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, uh, we, I'd definitely be down for that. We're, we're definitely going to be doing more of these, uh, so so keep those uh, emails coming. We always appreciate it. Postomacore mm-hmm. at Gmail. Uh, and we'll be starting season seven with Unimatrix Zero Part Two ah, next week. So look forward to that. Ugh, see ya, folks. The Post Atomic Horror Podcast is a co production of Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2017. Please don't sue us. We're, we're, we're still just doing this.